The following program may contain viewpoints and opinions that do not necessarily reflect those of Radio That Doesn't Suck Incorporated or its employees. Welcome to Real Estate Toronto, the radio show about buying and selling real estate in the greater Toronto area with Aura Ross from the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team. 30 minutes of hot topics and indispensable advice from experienced professionals that work for you. Now, on with the show. Excuse me for showing up unannounced. Well, here it is Sunday afternoon again, and you've shown up at my studio unannounced. Unannounced. 4 p.m. Only this time I came with a partner. Uh, Excellent. Yes, it's nice to have people in the studio. It is. Other than us. It is, it is. And I don't know why we didn't invite... You know, the whole family and all the neighborhood kids to come we in. We have enough room. Us. We might want to do a show outdoors in the backyard. That would be fun. Keep the swimming down. Yeah. It has to be quiet. That's right. And we'll but. tell we'll tell everyone how to enjoy home ownership through having a pool in your backyard in the summer. Well, that was a topic on one of our TV shows that we did recently was how how do you have a staycation? Because maybe money's tight yeah. or, yeah. you know. Or time is tight. or you, you, you need to be able to have a place to go. That You know, it's the biggest reason for home ownership, right? To have a place to go. You got it. That's it. Well, today we have Eamon Kelly from the Mulholland Ross team with us uh, because Eamon, um, well, Eamon's a nut over numbers. <laughs> He's thank awesome. You, thank you for that, Laura. He's <laughs> awesome yeah. with the numbers. But where that's a huge benefit to our clients is, uh, is for our investor clients. And he's helped many people get into real estate investments uh, when they didn't actually think they were in a position to or they didn't understand it. And so he's great at sort of taking people right from the beginning and showing them how to do it and, and of course, helping them do it right. Well, aside from the um, from, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into buying a house and a lot of it's emotional. But there's yes. the, but there's there's the list you know what you need but then there's also the numbers game. Well, Will on the this in- work for us? Yeah, and on the investment side, Eamon, I mean, what uh, happens to the emotions on the investment side? Um, you totally park them because <laughs> they'll get in the way. Yeah, it is just about the numbers straight up, and if they don't work, then you probably don't have the best investment in the world. Yeah, so if the numbers right. make sense, then and and you know make sense depending on how you want to structure things. And let's be honest, when it's an investment, you're not living there. You're just, it's a money-making venture. So It's true. I like that, to dis- disassociate the, the emotion. That's right. And that and that's a big part of what Eamon does, because I think you probably reel them in quite a bit. I mean, you work with our other clients much differently. You know, the first-time buyer is very different sure. Sure. than the investors. So. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's take a short break. And you are listening to, of course, Mulholland Ross, realestatetoronto.com radio. Hi, Gene Godfrey here from Classic FM, the album-friendly intimacy of progressive FM radio, reviving the atmosphere of the early days of FM, digging deeper into the albums and going pretty much wherever we want with the hour, completely unbound. I hope you'll join me for Classic FM, any volume, anytime on demand, and a new show every Wednesday in the live stream exclusively here at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. We'll see you then. Cheers. Buying or selling a home, condo, or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and services. 
service across the GTA. Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. 230-8500. That is the best number to reach uh, us at the Mulholland Ross team. And, and specifically, Eamon, if you're thinking about that investment property um, and you're not sure. I mean, look, at a lot of our clients uh, have been in their homes for 20, 30 years, some five to 10 years. But they've got equity um, and they've got, you know, maybe, well, I'll let Eamon go into it. But I think the big message here is... is um, Real estate investing is possible for most people if they're willing to really do what Eamon says. Okay. Well, listen, <laughs> yeah. we touched upon that, uh, you know, where you said even you, like, you know, like just general people can find it within their means Many to times. have some positive cash flow coming in. That's right. So, Eamon, tell us, tell us a little bit about, about maybe tell us a little bit about, um, what you like to do when you meet someone who first says, hey, I'm looking for investment, what are some of the questions you might even ask them? Um, okay, good question, firstly. Um, basically, I'm trying to establish what it is they're trying to do, first and foremost, So, because clarity is power. Um, so, you know, I'm trying to establish, do they want to buy just one investment property or do they foresee over the next maybe 10 years okay. what you know it, what may be a, a, a three to five unit um, um, uh, portfolio? So, so you're Slash feeling, by, by understanding the big picture, you can help them take that first step. Totally. And also, I want to know their exit strategy. Like, oh, are they wow. are they, okay. are they actually going to buy to hold and they want to hold on to it forever? Or are they buying, perhaps not to flip, but with a, a an exit strategy of three to five, maybe 10 years out. That's yeah. something I wouldn't normally naturally that's, think of. Yeah. I, I'm going to buy an investment property. Great. Right. And that's it. And, you and actually, that's it. typically what we get, right? Is sure. I want to I want to buy an investment property. Okay. Sure. Have you thought when you want to get rid of it? Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> so so you want to know you want to know from them what what is you want it to do for them? Well, sort exactly. Of. I mean, what are their you know, expectations. No, for sure. And and you know, for some people, they'll buy an, an investment property where the um, they're not so interested in getting um, a lot of positive cash flow from the get go. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, and I would encourage, encourage most people to have something that at least breaks even, at least breaks even, ideally with a small amount of ca- positive cash flow. Sure. So, for instance, I don't know. Let's say your doctor or dentist that may be looking at um, um, an alternate uh, in, uh, investment instead of having a pension or are running a, a, alongside a pension, right. they're they're building up a portfolio of, of um, uh, real estate um, right. units. Um, so, you know, given the income that these people are generating now, um, it's not as important for them to have gobs of um, or lots of positive cash right. flow. Right, they don't want They can more break money. even. Right. Okay. Yeah. And they probably don't want more money. Because they're right. not looking for more income necessarily. No, but they want today. something maybe 10, 15, 20 years out, that's going to be a cash cow or many cash cows. Can I ask you one question? Is that sure. a cardinal rule that it needs to at least break even? We don't want to be subsidizing it, do we? 
Well, there's challenges. I mean, I would always encourage, and I underline always encourage, uh, someone to look at some uh, at buying a property that at least breaks even. Because, you know, finding something that makes significant cash flow in the Toronto area is more challenging. So sometimes you have to push out a little bit. Right. Um, but when you start buying negative cash flow properties, um, you're into... The only reason you do that is if you firmly believe that the market's going up forever. And it may do, but if it doesn't, and if it turns, you will be left with a number of units that are generating negative cash flow. Right, right. And but, ideally, you don't want to have that. But if you had someone like on a on a pretty high tax base, yep. and they were running 100 bucks short every month, for example, so okay. at the end of the year, you've got a $1,200 write-off. Do you... But like you say, if it's in a good neighborhood, now, you know me, I'm so conservative when we talk on these shows about forever prices going up. But my feeling is, is if I had someone else paying my mortgage and in 25 years, it was exactly, it was still worth the same amount. Yeah, you're still. I'm still ahead. Sure. But the real bonus for me would be in 25 years. um, Now I'm just collecting that rent. Yeah, no, for sure. And I'm not paying a mortgage. Or can we talk about... Mm -hmm all that equity you're collecting and can well, you pull equity out like the sure. leverage that sure you can yes oh. now do you understand maybe no, you can sure. explain that amen to, to yeah what i mean that looks like look if you're buying a property now and it's going to be a, a long-term buy and hold yeah then you're going to buy it with minimum 20 percent down yeah. and then you're going to use the leverage from a bank ideally okay and it's the leverage that the leverage i.e the mortgage right. that you're using to buy the home makes the whole investment idea very interesting because you're using 20% of your money and 80% of the bank's money. And who's paying the bank back? Essentially the tenant. Yeah, yeah. Like um, So going forward, um, assuming that you see over the next, say, 25 years, and it, when you take a long-term view of the market, 25 years, um, you almost certainly will see a 3 to 5% per annum compounded. Okay, We may see pullbacks, but over a 25-year period, right. Factoring conservatively 3%, but 5%, yep. maybe a little bit more. So bottom line is this, because you've introduced leverage into things, i.e. you've brought a mortgage on board, the mortgage basically, it never increases. Okay, so you're looking at a home that you've bought, say, for, make this easy, $100,000, and the bank's given you 80000 in terms of leverage. Now, 25 years from now, worst case scenario, let's say, let's say the, the home is only worth 100000 Yeah. Well, your tenant has completely paid off the mortgage. Right. Okay. So now you have something that you own an asset worth a hundred thousand. Okay. Um, or twenty-five years time, this hundred thousand dollar home has increased perhaps to perhaps it's doubled and it's probably done more than that. Right. Um, so bottom line is you have a cash cow now that's worth two hundred thousand, that's generating an income for you in terms of rental, um, or you can choose to either sell it if you choose mm-hmm. to go down that right. route or you can choose to withdraw some equity from it ah. which from a tax perspective is far more advantageous right. because you just it's not taxed pull out your 50 grand and the most important and, thing and not taxed pulling that equity out is not taxed it's not taxed no right. one of the most important things i heard in there was your tenant is paying your mortgage <laughs> yeah he's so still you, on that you, no for sure everything else the 20, what i don't have to pay it and i own it hmm, yeah i like that well, now, Sorry. Okay, no, go on. Your tenant is paying your mortgage, and I think the key from, uh, if you're going to get into the investment side of things, is that you have to be a responsible landlord, okay? Yes. And most are, and some are not great at it. So if you don't take care of your property, um, then you're going to get some sh- 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 many times interesting tenants, mm-hmm. and interesting tenants 
tend not to pay on time. We're going to have a show about that, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. They, they tend not to pay on time, and sometimes they don't pay at all. And you may get your, your place back in not the state that you gave it in. So, but it's about managing, managing your asset because you've got a lot of money in there properly right. and you attract the right tenant and then headaches tend to be minimal. And I love what he, you said because I would say from a realtor's point of view, the number one stopper for people getting into investments is I don't want to be a landlord. We talked about that too. We've talked about this or they'll say, oh my God, the time and everything. And and what did we talk about? We talked about the average, you, you buy a single investment property and you may spend three hours a month Mm. on it and when you look at that over the course of your return and we talked about what would you expect to get paid in three hours a month and you know the return is great but i think you nailed it you said you have to take it seriously sure and you have to be you have to look after your asset yes you do yeah or ideally assets because in time what you should be doing or thinking of doing is you buy one and if, you know, over the next five to 10 years, that increases in value. So your $100,000 home to make things easy, let's say that popped up to 140, 150,000, 10 years out, um, then ideally you want to be withdrawing some of the equity from that home to allow you buy your next one. So you take okay. another 20, 25,000, whatever. Yeah, yep. to, as a down payment for right. your next home, because you want to, essentially, you want to use this idea of leverage on not just one asset, but a number of assets, i.e. asset being each home, uh, because what you want to have ideally, say, 20 years out, is anything from three to 10 plus units that are all appreciating in value, and then you can decide what you want to do with those 20 years from now. You may choose to keep them and benefit from the income that's being thrown off each one of those, uh, but keep in mind that you have to manage it, and we won't go into the tax side of things, but you have to manage that quite tightly because, you, you know, if in 20 years time the majority of those units are fully paid off then That's pretty up. much everything that you're getting is, is exposed to tax yeah. whereas with the homes that you have still leveraged i.e you still have mortgages on you can benefit from the tax benefit of having a, a mortgage on the property right mm. okay so so number one is you really want a great accountant on your team I would agree. On your totally. investment team. Yes, sure. you do. Because yes. I think I think you could get, find yourself in a fabulous investment opportunity and be losing opportuni- ta- opportunities, um, you know, as far as savings tax or using sure. the equity if you're not structuring it properly right from the start. And, it's, and it is very important is, you know, as I said earlier, you need to know your exit strategy, but also you need to set things up before you pull the trigger on a deal. You need to set things up, particularly from a tax perspective, because right. if you don't do that right, you can't just decide, well, you know what, I will just now take it out of a corporation and bring it into my own name with, right. no, with no tax implications, because right. you're looking at deemed disposals yeah. and the CRA wants their cut of it. Or vice versa. So you got to figure out well, which way would I would yeah. I prefer to set this up? And and I think, you know, without going into a ton of detail, if you're looking at buying something, it you know, many times you may want to consider putting it into a corporation because that handles yeah. the potential liability side of yeah. things. Um, but you may choose to keep it in your own name because you have potential better ta- tax write-offs, particularly if, as you alluded to, or 
if you're if it's running at 100 or 150 negative cash flow which isn't ideal but if it was however you're earn, earning a significant income every year right. then if you're holding that in your own name you can actually write own, it off from yeah, a tax perspective that's right against your own income yeah. so it's important you figure out how are you going to set this up from a tax perspective before you buy the property because it's very difficult to changing that going forward now um we have about thirty seconds left, so yeah, okay. do a quick wrap up here. Okay. Sure. I, I just you you just brought in so many amazing points that we could have five more shows off of each one of them, in my feeling. But the the key one for me that just got me all excited right now was it was almost like constantly these lights go off, and that is so many people who invest think, oh my god, how can I buy five? I can barely buy one, but you nailed it, and it's that one that starts it that starts sure. it and it's the leverage and so we'll we'll talk about that more when we come back great you're listening to realestatetoronto.com radio every sunday at 4 p.m. on listen up talk radio at talk-radio.ca annoying frustrating of course you're referring to me some days enlightening engaging and now you're referring to yourself most days <laughs> just a few of the words employed to describe our show the mots you'll come up with your own hi we're the mots paul and carol inviting you to join us weekdays at two on listen up talk radio at talk-radio.ca and there's an encore performance with mots weekend you can check us out at the here's another word for you oh i wouldn't go there buying or selling a home condo or investment property may be one of the largest transactions you'll ever make. It's important to gather as much information as you can, and preferably from experienced, successful professionals. When it comes time to make your move, call the Mulholland Ross Real Estate Team with Keller Williams Real Estate Service at 416-230-8500 or visit www.realestatetoronto.com. Whether you're making your first move or selling your much-loved family home, the Mulholland Ross Team offers over 26 years of real estate sales and service across the Listen every Sunday at 4 p.m. here on Radio That Doesn't Suck to hear the team share advice and information that will assist you with your personal wealth through real estate. Questions or topics you'd like to see covered? Email info at realestatetoronto.com or call the Mulholland Ross team at 416-230-8500. Both these walls could talk and you could hear what we talk about off air in between commercials. (laughs) No, as, no, as we cry about our lost opportunities. <laughs> the, oh, the vagaries of age, as they say. No, we we were just sort of recapping about what we finished with, which is leverage, and, and, and it's really how exciting about that is getting that first yeah. property going. Yeah, and and you know, I think that's key. I mean, look at I I find especially working central Toronto, uh, people call us up and they say we want to buy a second property, we want to buy an investment property. There's a house down the street that's for sale. And, and, of course, anybody living in Toronto has watched what our market's done in the last few years. So they get all excited, except the house down the street is a two-bedroom bungalow um, at 900000 right? Mm-mm. And so I, I'm like yourself, Eamon. My mm. first question is, what do you expect this investment to do? And I'd say a lot of people go in thinking, well, it's the market's going up so much. You know, it'll be worth so much more in five years. And they don't take into consideration that the rent will never come close for the next forever, Mm-mm. paying off the debt. Um and, and so they get their head tied up into it and then they say, oh, investment's not good or I can't afford it and all these things. And I think what, what Eamon and some of the other people on the team have been doing is showing our clients outside of central Toronto, you don't have to go too far, um, that there's these other areas that the numbers work. But mm-hmm. the most exciting thing is, yeah, if you get that first property, mm-hmm. and let's just say you're 35, 
just throw 35 out there and you get that first property and you're not even in a position till you're 45 maybe you've had kids and all that stuff and now at 45 you want to go get that next one well maybe you don't have to come up with that 200,000 or 100,000 deposit because maybe that first property you bought has gone up in value and, and, you, some equity and you're in a position to refinance it and pull that hundred out. Sure. And yeah. that to me is where when I, you know, I've watched some people who I didn't think were making huge incomes quietly, slowly, slowly build up that portfolio to own five, ten properties. And it's because they were just smart about using the leverage. Sure. No, you're, 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 you're totally right. That, so um, exciting. No, that, that uh, they can you know, take the money out of their home and buy the next one. Just with that, of course, without getting, get, going into too much detail, but on the first home you buy, if 10 years out you take out 100000 in equity, you just got to make sure that the um, rental income still supports right. the cost of running the home, your first home, because now essentially you've got... An additional hundred thousand on your mortgage. On your Amortized mortgage, over. that's right. But now, with 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 rents increasing at a steady, anywhere between one and a half to maybe three percent, and as tenants leave, you can bump it up to market value each time they actually leave. Hmm. Then it's it's that is often doable. Yeah. yeah. No, it's very it's very exciting, and I think you you nailed it though. You definitely have to be careful. Again, it's just it's just looking after your assets. You don't want to be silly about taking too much equity out if you can't. It's just being prudent um, but, rather than reckless. Well, we just had a situation on an investment property. Tenants left. Um, it was also time to refinance. We pulled out just enough to go in and, and do a bit of updates and upgrades. You know, we had to put a new roof on, some tiles, some painting stuff. I was so excited to know that we could do that without me having to write another check. <laughs> I and, and, you know, with the rate staying as low, it didn't really, you know, pulling out 20000 didn't really affect it. But it allowed us to look after our assets. Sure. It didn't come out of our pockets. And, so it's you know, exciting. The thing that that Eamon speaks about is is really removing the <laughs> the uh, the personal aspect of it. Because when you go into a rental property that you're going to buy or an investment property, you really have to look at it for what it offers and what you want it to do. Mm-hmm. It's not yours. You're not going to live there. You're not going to work there. So if it's got so key. Really, it is. Yeah. No, and you, it's, it's you're looking at it true. as comparison to your home, and you go and you go. Oh, you know, our room, our living room is bigger, and it's like, yeah. you don't care. Not for sure. Well, you know what? I, and a good example of that is um, we've got York University, yep. and maybe some neighborhoods around York University are places that the average person says, "I don't want to invest there." The market hasn't skyrocketed. The prices, however. Is there some positive cash flow from certain townhouses and different complexes around there? I mean, I know some people just making a ton of monthly income. Um, we've got people buying student housing in, in Waterloo and areas like that where there's fabulous positive income. Their prices aren't moving a whole lot. You know, prices don't move around outside of Toronto the way they do inside of Toronto. But as you said, you know, you've got your rent hopefully paid for, so your mortgage is being paid for via yep. the rent. And at the end of the 25-year period, it's paid for itself. So if it That's hasn't gone up much, you're still ahead of the game. Yeah, It's true. And I, I think just what Aura said there is that, you know, you can either buy a property that is in time will appreciate in value, capital appreciation, and you're not getting a ton of um, uh, cash, cash flow. flow. Right. Or with what you alluded to with, say, some student uh, uh, homes, that you're getting a lot of positive cash flow, 
but you may not be seeing a, a huge uplift in terms of the value of the home. Right. But either way, you're getting it. Either you're getting it on the homes that are not giving you a whole lot of cash flow, but significant capital appreciation, or you're getting a significant amount of cash flow every single month and year, but you're not seeing, you're seeing it going up little by little, but not hugely. But you've gotten your money out either with cash flow or indeed with capital right. appreciation. Sometimes you get both, but many times it's, you know, it's, it's, well, wouldn't a great portfolio have a little of each? Maybe sure, if you can, it, it, it might, it might have absolutely different things. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. yes. I had a question about um, amortization periods. Mm. When you're buying an investment property, does it matter whether you go for a short amortization or a longer one? Is there are pros and cons to that? Um, what I'd say is this: is go for the longest amortization period that you can. That's the life of the mortgage. So um, currently. Um, with if if a if a mortgage is CMHC underwritten or equivalent, maximum amortization period is twenty five years. Um, however, as an investor, you're coming in with twenty uh, percent plus. So many banks will stretch that to thirty, and some indeed still will stretch stretch to thirty five years. Wow. So I would say, look for the longest amortization period you can. However, aggressively pay it down much more quick quickly than that as your rent allows okay and the reason for that is is that if ever you had a period um, where your tenant moved out and they were it took six weeks eight weeks to find the right next tenant which in many Can markets that's not the case yeah. uh, it's really right. not the case not but let's today. say worst, worst case, worst case yeah. scenario yeah. then um, you can immediately go from where you have been aggressive, aggressively paying it down like it's a 20-year mortgage and you can immediately next month decide, well, I'll just pay it as it's a 30-year mortgage without having to go to the bank cap in hand saying, please, 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 can, can I do it? Because right. banks tend to be very helpful when... Um, You're setting uh, it up Yeah, no, the for beginning. sure. And less helpful when you get into, shall we challenge it, <laughs> you know, just, challenging waters. Just to clarify for our listeners, the idea of taking a longer amortization is the, the actual monthly required um, payment is lower. Absolutely. So it, it, it helps with your cash flow. It so does. And, and probably um, would affect how much you're actually charging for rent on the place. Well, because that's if you it. get a short amortization, you got to charge more money to pay it off. And you may not get the rent. Right. So, well, true. so it's, it's true. really following the rental market as right. to what, what you can do. I wish we could dictate what the tenant should pay, but it kind of yeah. works the other way. Yeah. Oh, and I think bottom line is try and pay off the mortgage as, as quickly as possible. So, so, Eamon, let me ask you this question. Just really quickly, because again, this this I could just talk about this all day. Um, if you had a client right now sitting in a house that's worth about a million dollars, and they had a mortgage of about let's say four hundred thousand, yeah. And and most of us think four hundred thousand that's a huge mortgage. I can't do anything until I pay it off. But they had jobs. Yeah. What might your advice be for somebody in that position? You know, taking consideration we don't have all the details, but just with that much equity. Do you look at that person and say, hey, there's somebody I can help get into an investment property? Sure. I mean, if they wanted to actually step into the investment arena and buy their next property, for sure, there's, there's uh, uh, you know, 600,000 of equity in their principal their private residence. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you, you know, it, again, it's a question of them wanting to do this and viewing it as one of the best uh, investments going forward for, for that, themselves. Right then, you know, they have 600000 to play with. Now, of that, they're probably going to 
work with up to 200,000, but sure. that will certainly get them into their first property sure. and maybe, depending on where they're buying, it might even get them into their, their second property right. as well. But I would say baby step it. Manage yeah, one. Yeah, absolutely. We're cautious. But speaking We're of very baby steps, too, we've talked about it, too. I mean, you may live in a four-bedroom bungalow. It doesn't mean you need to buy one in an investment. You could buy a condo or you could buy That's a vacation right. property or you could buy something smaller smaller, just to get your feet Easy. wet and get yep. used to the process. And uh, off the beaten track. Yeah. Absolutely. And what I'd say is, is if you can, certainly look at a lot of my um, investors, I like them to look at homes that have a potential basement unit or sure. um, a, a basement where you could easily put a unit in yeah. because that just essentially um, minimizes the risk. Yeah. Because when your tenant on top pops out, if they leave two years from now, and it takes three, four weeks to actually get your next tenant in, your tenant in the basement is taking care of probably Taxes fifth, fifth, well, fifth, yeah. 50% of the yeah. uh, cost of running the home. So yeah. you're minimizing the risk by actually having um, a single family property that has a basement unit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, we could do this definitely again, couldn't we? Uh, well, you know, I just, I, I just, my big, my big, my big message to people on the way out is sort of, it is doable. It takes a little more more effort up front. It does require us to think and and be a little more organized. But unless you have a fabulous pension lined up for retirement, I don't know many ways to create monthly cash flow. And and we, t you know, for 30 today, we don't think about being 65 without a pension. Mm -hmm. If we're 50, we don't even think about 65 without a pension. But there's not many ways to create that cash flow. It's just we have to start early and we have to plan and be a bit organized. And then it's fabulous. And, and time goes very, very quickly. So, you know, if you're thinking of doing something... Um, you should you should actually go ahead and begin Me, because call, call otherwise us. no honestly <laughs> serious, because yeah. five years from now you'll still be thinking of doing something that's key and you've lost five years of potential capital appreciation and having yeah. that mortgage being paid down by your tenant for five years so going forward I'd say um, don't leave it too late because yeah. it's much more difficult at 50 55 60 unless you've fully paid out your own home and you want to do this it's a little bit more challenging actually aggressively stepping into the market at that point. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, we've got to take a break and think about all of this, and we will catch you right back here next Sunday at 4 p.m. Looking forward to it. Mulholland Ross Teams, realestatetoronto.com radio. We'll catch you right back here next week. Thank you for listening to Mulholland Ross Real Estate Radio on RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com. Tune in every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time as the team brings you weekly tools, tips, and discussions with thought leaders for both buyers and sellers in the sometimes confusing world of residential real estate. Is there a topic you'd like to hear or want to get in touch with the team? You can email feedback at RadioThatDoesn'tSuck.com or call the team at 416-230-5900.